everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Student Reviewed Studcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Student Reviewed, and I'm joined as always with Justin, Michael, and Joseph, and we are going to be discussing a lot of news that happened this week. But first, you can catch us online at sknr.net. We have our quarterly magazine, Student Reviewed the Magazine, and we just dropped the new issue that includes the 2020 Holiday Gift Guide and 2021 Video Game Preview as well as a look at the potential conventions of 2021 and so much more. You can catch us each week on DJ Shades Geek Nation on KSWFM Radio. Go to KSW.com or you can get the simulcast on our page. We're actually just finished the last show uh, segment of the year, so we'll be back um, first week of January for our next one, but you can see the uh, here the latest one that we just put up. And of course, go to Pinal, P-I-N-A-L Central.com, keyword skewed, and that is the 12 newspapers now that we do uh, game reviews and content for. And we cover movies, games, television, pop culture, conventions, travel, entertainment, and so much more. So, um, this week, a lot of news came down. Uh, all of, ironically, Thursday night after normal business hours, it started dropping like crazy. And the first part of it was a four-hour presentation from the Walt Disney Corporation to their investors about their upcoming plans. So Justin's going to start off with uh, something that definitely made us all very happy amongst the many numerous uh, announcements they had. And uh, take it away. Yeah, so uh, like you said, there is a giant dump of... Uh, of uh, news from Disney regarding a lot of projects and um you know even on just like uh like even with the news about Alien and Predator and, and things like that on just uh, by itself you know will just be groundbreaking for me but uh you know obviously we'll get into some of the other stuff later but uh but yeah there was a lot of news about Alien projects uh, a little bit about Predator I mean we talked about um you know the leak of the the Predator movie in development um last week or the week before but uh, this particular call had a lot of information about what's going on with the Alien franchise. So just to start out, you know, it, it's it's uh, I'm I'm a lot more relieved now. Uh, you know, we we talked quite a bit in the last year or so about uh, my reservations, or at least my just my worries that uh, the Alien whether whether the Alien franchise was a fit for Disney or not, and whether they would do much with the with the franchise, given that it was kind of on shaky grounds, even with with where Fox had it. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm really relieved to hear that, uh, so much stuff is in development, um, at Disney. It means that the, the franchise, they, they have, they see a lot in the franchise and they want to greenlight some projects. Now, no movies, so, uh, no, no news about movies or anything, but, uh, we do have some other exciting news. Uh, probably the most exciting of which is the confirmation that an alien live action series is in development. Um, so the one that was rumored a while back that, uh, Noah Hawley, so for those who don't know, Noah Hawley is the showrunner for Legion and Fargo. Um, he pitched an alien show a while back. There was some news about that and it was really unclear whether that was going forward or confirmed or if it was just in rumor status. He talked pretty openly about it, uh, but he was very um dodgy about whether it was actually happening or what what the status was with it uh disney finally confirmed that this is actually happening it's a going to be on hulu and fx and um 
it's live action and it's being run uh, run by Noah Hawley. So I'm a huge, I have not seen Legion. I've heard a lot of great things about it. I've been meaning to watch it, but uh, I am a huge fan of Fargo, um, the seasons that Noah Hawley has been involved with. So I think he's very talented. Um, I'm pretty excited about that. I, th- I think that he he pro- I, I feel pretty ass- assured that he has uh, that he can handle the franchise very well. Um, my one concern, I have a couple concerns. So one, uh, they announced that it takes place on Earth. That's uh, that's always been somewhat a pet peeve of mine with uh, with the Alien franchise. <clears throat> Excuse me, because to me the uh, the movies. The, the three movies, um, actually all four of them. So yeah, Alien through Alien Resurrection. Um, ostensibly, you can boil it down is that the whole point of, of Ripley's saga is to pre- prevent the aliens from getting to Earth. Uh, that That's really the core of it. Um, and so it always bothered me a little bit when there was alien stories, uh, like books or comic books or uh, uh, plot lines in like the Alien vs. Predator movie, um, where... The aliens were already on Earth a long time before Ripley ever did anything. So it's it just, you know, it, it's my, it's a pet peeve of mine a little bit because uh, it, it does seem to to undermine that that general theme of of Ripley's uh, Ripley's journey and, and quest. But you know, um, I also I don't want to write it off obviously because, like I said, I'm I'm a huge fan of Noah Hawley and I think he probably has a really good idea. And also we don't really know anything else about the premise. Uh, it really is just a very, they, they didn't really show anything about it and they didn't really release any details. It just takes place in the near future, um, which really could mean anything that could be uh, like 2077. It could be 2100. That's kind of a, an unclear unspecified date. Um, and it takes place on earth. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to always take place on Earth. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see. You know, I'm, I'm definitely open to it. I'm, I'm obviously very excited. Uh, I'm just a little bit concerned about um, about it starting on Earth. Also because, you know, I think the Alien franchise is, is huge. And, um, you know, I would, I would like to see more of what space looks like. I want to know what, like, the colonies are like. I want to know what, like... Uh, you know the governments and, and the politics. I think there's a lot of room to explore what the alien universe at large is like. Uh, but you know, you also get into the like the the other questions about a lot of these shows is how expensive is it? Um, and you know, if you're going to set a show out in space, uh, it, it does considerably raise the cost of the show. So I can definitely understand that too. But again, um, you know, if Mandalorian is is any indication of what Disney is willing to uh, willing to do in terms of quality for a TV show? Um, I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty confident in that. I think that Disney is is able to reach the fidelity that you would expect in a movie um, with the effects that they have, the effects technology that they have. So um, just really quick, because uh, I've been going on and on about this, and I'm super excited about Alien stuff. Um, some other stuff they uh, they announced. So there's two novels coming out as well. Um, one is, uh, called Alien Into Charybdis, which comes out in February. Um, and then the one that is pretty interesting is, uh, Alien Infiltrator, which is a, which is being marketed as a, uh, official prequel to the upcoming Cold Iron Studios video game. Uh, that one comes out in April, if I'm not mistaken. So what's kind of interesting about that is, you know, I, I would think that if they're going to market it, 
publicly marketed on on the on the front cover of the book that it's a prequel to an upcoming video game that we haven't seen yet that it would mean that hopefully news about the game is upcoming because if you're going to tell people it's it's a prequel to an upcoming video game but they have no resources to know what you know what the video game is about or what it looks like uh the marketing sort of falls flat so i would think that hopefully this means that the game is alive and well for one and two we're going to see it very soon um lastly there's uh some news about um alien uh comic books through marvel uh not a as far as i can tell not a ton of details of what it's about but um you know we got alien and predator comic books coming coming out through marvel so again just it's exciting that uh that disney has some faith in the franchise and you know it's it seems to be alive and well Um, if you haven't seen it, I think it's floating around on YouTube in various locations where you can go back 
but going forward, what were they going to do to kind of add new uh, videos, you know, new 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 shows that were going to bring in people? You know, you can only go so far with watching older Disney movies and, and some of this early stuff they announced. But boy, with the you know addition of all the Marvel stuff, you know, with WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, that are coming up very soon. Um, in addition to all the new announcements, you know, we have the Loki series which is coming up, and with all the, the franchise stuff that they've got, now with the, you know, even though this doesn't directly tie to Disney Plus, but with the Alien live action um, series that they're going to be doing, and with all the various takes on, you know, both animated Star Wars stuff, live action Star Wars stuff, animated Avengers stuff, live action Avengers stuff, it's just a huge um, stuff to draw on. And one of the things I think will be really interesting is what Disney starts to do with more of their non-franchise, you know, stuff that were all their, their original stuff, you know, stuff that we've seen with like safety, which we discussed you know, prior to the show. But in general, what do they do with these non-franchise shows that are also going to be coming? So it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to keep their uh, revenue streams going and to keep subscription bases high. And hopefully, if the Mandalorian quality is anything that we can expect from the Disney shows moving forward, uh, a lot of stuff that will really, I think, redefine what the streaming shows and television series really are and kind of move this into a next generation of what we can expect from the live action stuff. Again, Netflix has kind of done that with a lot of their original series. Um, HBO had done that with their original series. And now Disney's going to get the opportunity to really wow us with stuff they've got coming up. So it's a... You know, for folks who are into the streaming services, for folks who are both cable cutters and those who really buy into the premium services, I think there's a lot to keep people entertained in the upcoming years. And Joseph, your take, please. What more can I add? No, <laughs> um, no I agree. I think it's going to be very pivotal for, for Disney coming up because that's the first series after Mandalorian to come to the, uh, to the service. And whether or not it's handled as well as Mandalorian has. And it's, it's interesting that we now have this Star Wars show that is like a, it's a comparison point for all their future shows. And did you ever think we would be at this point? Like, <laughs> having that. Um, and so, it, however WandaVision turns out, I think may reshape their roadmap, actually. But I think the way that they have it, there's some questionable stuff on there in terms of what, how they chose to do things, but as a fan, I'm just super excited for a ton of stuff coming out, and especially like with Ahsoka. You know, we just like got to see her in The Mandalorian. I, for one, think that she was incredibly well done, well written, well played by the actress. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a lot of excitement for what's coming. Yeah, and here's what's interesting about it, too. I don't know if you guys caught this. They announced that there'll be a $1 increase next year in price, and they pretty much said that extra $1 is going to go to offset the cost of all these uh, numerous productions. But they're also going to offer that if you want to pay $6 more, you can take the bundle and get Hulu ad-free. Now, it was interesting because I also got an update that Netflix is going to $17.99 a month if you want the ability to high-def stream and four screens. So, you know, you're seeing a little bit of a game, but, I mean, just looking at this this chart here, and I'll try to run through this as quickly as I can because I know there's a lot. We talked about WandaVision Disney Plus on the January 15th. 
in March, Rhea and the Last Dragon, which is a theatrical release, is going to go to theaters and Disney Plus behind a paywall, like Mulan was. Now, it's interesting because there are countries, believe it or not, like uh, New, uh, New Zealand, like Australia, where the theaters are rebounding because they have the cases really low or pretty much non-existent. I think New Zealand just this morning announced that they're virus-free, and, you know, there you have it. And so that, that'll be interesting. And also, as we're recording this, the news feeds are filling up with the uh, vaccine uh, going out in con uh, escorted convoys, and they're saying that by tomorrow uh, they can start distributing it. And by uh, end of one uh, expectation said that by the end of December, they could have as many as 20 million people in the U.S. vaccinated already. So, you know, you're seeing it and uh, you're seeing it and see, I think part of this is that the companies are saying, we're seeing a possibility that I, I personally think March might be a little ambitious, but you're seeing some of the stuff moving forward. For example, Kingsman in March, okay. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Disney Plus March. Black Widow in May, I think that's one they definitely circled theatrically and said it's about a year beyond when we were originally planning to put it out. Free Guy, also in May. That was supposed to be a Christmas film. Loki in May. And as you go forward, it's interesting because Marvel is not playing the game of, oh, we got to do four months between movies. They're kind of of the opinion that if it's quality, people are going to come. And, you know, that gives you an idea. Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, July 20, uh, excuse me, July 9th of 2021. So May, June, July. That's two months after Black Widow. Um, Death on the Nile, which was supposed to come out this Christmas, is coming out in September. But again, back to Marvel, The Eternals, November, and Spider-Man 3 in December. And they have been playing a lot of uh, uh, attention this week, uh, playing it up, uh, spreading things around, you know, about Alfred Molina's back, this person's back, and it definitely seems like it's a multiverse popping around. Uh, where they're going to bring in all sorts of things, possibly the old Spider-Man, the old Mary Jane. You've got Marvel's What If in the summer. I, I always used to enjoy that thing. The Mandalorian Season 3 will return on Christmas Day of 2021. Um, Miss Marvel, now here's here's one for you. Uh, they have the Disney Plus series coming in 2021. I've also heard that she's going to appear in Captain Marvel 2. Um, Star Wars The Bad Batch sometime next year. Looks fantastic. Star Wars Visions. Um, you know, Doctor Strange 2022, Thor Love and Thunder 2022, Black Panther 2 2022, Indiana Jones 5 2022, Captain Marvel 2. So very clearly, you can see that they basically think that by, next, by 2022, we're going to be back filling these theaters like we used to. And then it gets really interesting because you see that they're really uh, doubling down, as they said they were a few months ago, on the streaming site. Cars the series. Uh, you know, you got Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, with Kang the Conqueror coming to the theaters. But you also got a Baymax series, Chippendale Rescue Rangers series. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if you guys saw the clips for Andor. It looks fantastic. And then I told my son, I said, oh, yeah, um, I should probably tell you there's a... Kiana's Utopia and Moana series all coming to Disney Plus. And he was like, oh great. Um, the Star Wars Rogue Squadron movie looks absolutely, you know, enticing beyond belief with Patty Jenkins behind it. And then 
you know, here's the thing that I think got lost in the shuffle. When they came out and said Fantastic Four, you know, we speculated on that for a while. Marvel was very anxious to get that back. But ironically, here's something that I didn't see. Did any of you see anything on Deadpool 3, despite the fact that they had said that, it, uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds, just, what was it, two weeks ago, they, they picked their writers for it. So well, I not thought, only that, but do you know what else, did you notice what else is missing? What's that? Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah. Now, we have the holiday special, but that's a Disney Plus thing, where the third movie that's been, we've been anticipating with that we've been told was going to start filming. I, you know, and I'm pretty sure that Guardians 3 is not the holiday special because there you have it. But, and it, it, you know, let's be honest, they also said that uh, the Blade movie was coming with Marshawn Ali. That wasn't on there, and it could be simply that they don't have um, a firm date yet for filming. But, you know, going down the list, you got the Iron Group series, the Iron Man series, the Obi-Wan Kenobi. The Secret Invasion one is very intriguing with uh, Ben Mendelsohn and Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Star Wars Ahsoka, Star Wars Lando, that is going to be intriguing, uh, Star Wars Rangers of the New Republic, Star Wars The Acolyte, uh, and then you have Kiki Wikiki's uh, Star Wars film, Armor Wars Moon Knight. So I'll leave you with two things, folks, before we move on to the next um, topic. Number one, uh, I, I read that the Alien film, they said part of it was they wanted to show the absolute worst of humanity, so you're guessing um, company, I think you're probably right on that. The other thing was, and this is uh, this is just going to be a strange rumor, and we can probably discuss this another time. Um, how do I go into this without spoiling things and mixing it up? Let's just say at the end of Star Wars Rebels, we learned about different pathways and possibilities. There are there is a site that is posing that Ahsoka and possibly Rangers of the New Republic or the Acolyte are essentially going to retcon the sequel films. And they're going to put them off as one possible future, but not the official. And some say that they believe that these uh, either two or uh, two or three of these series will essentially retcon the sequels and essentially pr provide the basis for the new Wink Wink sequels. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, so much stuff. I mean, this is going to give us so much to talk about and look forward to in the next couple of years. And let's talk about some stuff that we can get excited about right now and then uh, hopefully really get our hooks into it very soon. And this is a game that we have been looking forward to for a long time. Uh, Back to Blood, which is done by Turtle Rock Studios, the folks behind Left 4 Dead. There are those in the fan community who say, oh, well, it's basically Left 4 Dead 3, um, in that it's a four-player co-op zombie uh, game. I've heard rumors that it actually might be more than four players, but we'll hear from that. During the Game Awards, they released a trailer as well as some alpha gameplay, and then an announcement that on the 17th, they are going to have a uh, playtest on the alpha. So, Joseph, you haven't let us off with a second yet. Why don't we do that, and then we'll bounce uh, back to uh, Justin and Michael for your take on this. Well, going to the back to Blood thing, of course it's a Left 4 Dead sequel. I mean, let's let's put those titles after a Rambo movie or something. Rambo Left 4 Dead, Rambo Back to Blood. It just fits. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see what improvements they can make because I know that you're a huge fan of Left 4 Dead. That game kind of left me a long time ago. <laughs> and it's, it's, the trailer for Back to Blood almost seems pretty similar graphics and it seems like it might be hard to keep up with these days. But then you look and see there's games, and I may be wrong about this, but from the trailer that I saw, the Evil Dead game that's coming out is in a similar genre of the going out with four players and hacking zombies. So maybe it's making a comeback, I don't know, but we'll see. Like, this it game looks interesting, but the graphics still, to me, look dated, and I'm not sure how well it's going to do. Okay, Justin, your take, please. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it, you know, even down to, like, the the safe room and just like the safe room door uh just the way the zombies are and you know you got your special zombies it looks like left for dead 3 um now we all know it's not because um turtle rock is not a uh uh not necessarily associated with valve it's not being produced by valve so it's, it's definitely something that's that is separate but but like you said, these were all uh, veterans from Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 who created Turtle Rock, and it's definitely a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead, and they're they're leaning super hard into that. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll say uh, I, I I'm actually pretty excited. You know, um, I I went back and, and played Left 4 Dead 2 not that long ago. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm somewhat with Joseph uh, in that um, you know Left 4 Dead was a lightning in a bottle experience when it came out, and um, it was it was a huge game changer, um, and I I absolutely loved it. Put, put dozens of hours into it uh, when it came out, but you know eventually it just kind of went by the wayside. And um, but you know going back to Left 4 Dead 2 recently, you know it, it's still it's still a fun experience. You know it's got good level design, um, and it's just a, a nice like short uh, co-op experience you can have with with a couple friends of yours. Um, you know, and I think that's what it makes it, you know, uh, a compelling experience. And I think that they can, um, it looks like w with this game that they're trying to, uh, trying to do some unique things with it. Uh, they just kind of sort of just teased it, but like at the, the size of that one monster in the trailer, uh, the gameplay trailer, uh, in particular, you know, one thing that left for dead, um, was sort of limited and it's only limited really by technology of the time uh, the special zombies, it's really just kind of like, you know, you got your few zombies that can, in, in, or specials that can incapacitate you, um, and then other ones that have other kind of effects, like spit acid or douse you in the boomer bile that attracts zombies, uh, and then you got your tank where you gotta, like, really kind of focus down that, that guy, but it looks like with this, like, they could maybe expand that just because, you know, the, the industry's moved on since Left 4 Dead, which came out over 10 years ago, I believe, um, you know, you got uh, monsters large enough to actually change the environment. I think that's cool. Like, the, the monster was definitely large enough to, um, like, break pillars and, and things like that. And, um, you know, you can actually sort of use the environment to your advantage because uh, it, it's so large it can't fit through cer certain doors. So I think they could do some unique things with it. Hopefully that's just a, a tiny tease of what their uh, creativity is... Um, has in store so hopefully they have more ideas around that kind of i uh that angle uh but you know i, I think the model still works i mean there's there are left for dead type games out there uh that have followed up left for dead um none of them have been nearly as large but uh you know hopefully this will kind of 
hit that itch of like that kind of just four player co-op experience where you can just go through short levels um in a kind of a neat way just hope i just hope it's just not a up left for dead i think that would be a little derivative uh hopefully they have some some more ideas in there
it was a challenge and we definitely had to work together. Now, obviously I played it uh, multiple times until we were all successfully able to get through the mission and that was it. I didn't, haven't gone back in yet. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what they have here. I think the big key was you get it, if it is successful, they cannot do what they did with Left 4 Dead, which was you had a successful game, you immediately put out a sequel a year later, you had various updates come for the next few years, and then you dropped it entirely. And that was the thing. There were a lot of people that were deeply invested in Left 4 Dead. They were ready for more stuff, and they felt the same thing with Half-Life in many ways. And I'm not counting Half-Life, Alex, but the fact that Half-Life 2, Episode 2 essentially left everybody hanging and never uh, got a conclusion to date. And so, you know, obviously sales and public opinion will have a big factor as to the longevity of this. I think at least from a interest standpoint, anybody who is a fan of Left 4 Dead is at least going to circle this. The key is to put out a good-looking game that's stable and plays well and to support it with content down the line. And I think I think we're going to get that, so fingers crossed. Another game that we want to look at, and we're circling back to you, Justin, is the Callisto Protocol from the makers of the uh, Dead Space series. And uh, what can you tell us about this, Justin? Yeah, so this one is uh, really interesting to me. It sort of like when when they showed it at the Game Awards, it kind of just sort of flew under the radar for me because uh, there was so much stuff going on. And there was just like some new title, and I was like, oh, you know, that looks interesting, some sort of sci-fi horror thing. It looks, looks like Dead Space, uh, but I didn't put a lot of thought into it. But I started looking into it a little bit more, and uh, it's actually got a really interesting, a lot of interesting little details uh, uh, hidden in this trailer, which I really like. So basically, um, give a little backstory about where this game comes from. Um, one of the lead executive producers, um, I can't remember if he um, was also like a lead game designer, someone really high up with the original Dead Space, um, uh, essentially left EA and started a new studio called Striking Distance Studios. And um, that's what this uh, studio's, um, I think, premier title is. And obviously, if you watch it, it's, um, you know, just to give a, a short uh, synopsis of, of the of the trailer, it's in a prison uh, in a obviously futuristic uh, setting. Um, and then uh, prisoner wakes up and a lot of weird stuff happens and his cellmate ends up turning into like a necromorph type creature and, and kills him. And it's revealed to be on some uh, on a moon that looks to be orbiting a, a, a gas. Yes. Yep, um, orbiting Jupiter, uh, taking place uh, on a penal colony uh, on that moon. So, anyway, um, there's a lot of little details, though, that uh, are overtly referential to the Dead Space franchise. Again, it's not uh, it's not an actual Dead Space title. Uh, it's not being produced by EA. Um, so, I mean, unless there's, like, some big surprise uh that it is, but I really think this is mostly kind of like what we were talking about previously with uh, Back for Blood. I think it's just a spiritual successor, but even like when he wakes up, he's got that kind of green bar on the back of his neck, which is very indicative of like the health bar in Dead Space, which is on the back of uh, of Isaac. Uh, but there are a lot of little details too. So early in the trailer, when he wakes up on the wall, you can see um, 
scrawl on on the prison wall i i see was here and jc was here too uh referencing isaac clark and jack carver um jack carver being one of the playable characters in dead space 3 uh he's reading a engineering book um that's written by e langford uh referencing ellie langford from dead space as well so a lot of like little little nods to to the dead space franchise that are just overtly there so i'm i'm you know this trailer was just purely a cinematic and obviously that the prisoner gets killed in the trailer so that's not who you're playing as i think it was mostly just to kind of set up the the setting and kind of the feel um it didn't show any gameplay or anything but i, I think this is real the the purpose of this trailer is to kind of show that this is the spiritual successor to, to dead space um and it's probably going to be very much in line with that uh, similar to again what we were talking about with back for blood my guess is that this game is going to be a third person dead space type title survival horror uh set in a uh, dark futuristic sci-fi setting um and uh you know i couldn't be more excited about that Dead space is one of my favorite franchises and um it, it really kind of seems like one of those things where there is a lot of uh creativity left in the people who worked on the original dead space games and uh, this is now their outlet because um, EA has not um, done anything with the franchise in some time. So, um, you know, if it, well, I'll have to kind of wait and see what the game looks like and things like that. Again, it's just a cinematic trailer, but uh, I am very excited to see where this goes. Now, obviously, I will get, uh, we'll get uh, Michael and uh, Joseph's reaction in a minute. And I just wanted to point out something it's very interesting what you said about the loose connection justin because it reminded me and i am probably going to date myself big time with this uh about a game called fear first encounter assault recon which was put out by sierra popular game uh developed you know put out by sierra done by uh monolith now i remember i'd uh, done some work with monolith on a, a contract job finished up went off started doing the media thing and then went back and was invited for a hands-on playtest of fear. Uh, as the game came out, the world changed, so on and so forth. And basically what happened was there was a conflict because Monolith had written a sequel, but they did not have the rights to use the name Fear. And they were continuing on with the game. And they basically had an arrangement that Sierra could keep the name Fear but Monolith could continue on with storylines in the universe. They would be able to have Alma, they'd be able to have characters. So they had a game coming called Project Origin, which was essentially Fear 2, but they weren't allowed to use the Fear name, even though it contained characters, situations, references, that sort of thing. Well, uh, at that time, the thought was Sierra would just go and start a whole new franchise using the Fear name, and fortunately, Calmer heads prevailed and a business arrangement was reached, so uh, the game was be able to be released as Fear 2 Project Origin. Uh, when the third game came out, Fear 3, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, maybe something like this is spinning in the works because, as Justin so very clearly pointed out, it's pretty obvious this appears to be, if not set in the Dead Space universe, at least making numerous nods to it. Uh, so, appreciate that. Uh, Joseph Michael, who wants to uh, chime in on this now? It's funny you talk about dating yourself because as soon as you said fear, like I like I love that game. 
Uh, I remember the original when it came out and played through Fear, Fear Two, Fear Three, and and just the weird thing is I never really got into Dead Space. Um, I owned the first one and I played both that first one and the second one, but it never really pulled me into actually like play through the entire game or anything. So, but having seen this trailer, you know, I'm a different mindset. You know, I'm older now, into different things, and the horror genre has never really been a favorite of mine in, in video games but as more and more stuff starts to come out and especially this one has piqued my interest a lot and so I'm kind of I'm really looking forward to this to kind of maybe scratch that itch that wasn't there when Dead Space was out I would say Dead Space is the, the first two I'm talking about I, I don't really discuss the third one too much for um, <laughs> I would say that the two Dead Space games are as close as anything out there for actually scaring people. I mean, I'm I'm one of those people that don't get scared, watch horror films, go to you know haunted house, all that, and it doesn't do anything to me. Dead Space One and Two definitely will put you on edge and definitely you know have you going. And for me, I kind of got hung up on it, and it was it's very challenging, and I couldn't get through it. And then finally, I went back to it, finished Dead Space Two at uh, one. Right as, uh, like, two days after Dead Space 2 came out. So the moment I finished 1, I immediately went into 2, powered my way through that. And, yes, oh, it, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I do remember, I, I remember a scene in Dead Space 2 very well where I was cursing up a storm going, how could anybody, two parts, actually, how could anybody reasonably expect gamers to be able to finish this? You know, like, just this massive onslaught with very limited ammunition or you know trying to to survive an onslaught through these winding corridors to get to an elevator it takes forever and you know dying again and again and again and then finally when you walk through and you get in and you have just like one bar of health but you made it you're like oh thank god i actually accomplished something uh, Michael, finish up our category on this one, please. Yeah, so these are some of my favorite games. I finished the first two and got about halfway through the third, which now I'm going to go back and replay, even though I know it's more action-based and not scary like the first two. Uh, two of my favorite games of all time. Um, I've actually considered replaying them on PC now because I originally played the first two on Xbox 360. Um, uh, and, you know, it's this really intrigues me it's what it's funny though it's about when you think about dead space it, dead space does what the alien franchise games can never do and for whatever reason you would think having the alien franchise because there's similarities obviously they're different but there's similarities there that you would think if dead space can do this you would think alien would have no problem pulling off something like this in the franchise right so um, I'm super excited about this. Uh, again, two of my favorite games of all time. I played them in the dark with headphones on because um, I, I like scary games. I don't get scared very easily. So I, anything that will raise my blood pressure um, enough to, and, and put me on edge enough to play games excites me, and this is something that certainly did. Um, so, yeah, I think of most of the games that I've seen that are on the horizon that are coming out, um, this appears to be, and again, we haven't seen gameplay yet. It's still really early. Um, you know, things can get lost between the cinematic trailer and the actual gameplay, a.k.a. Dead Island was notorious for that. Um, I still like Dead Island, but it was nothing like the trailer they showed. Um, so I'm hoping that they will, you know, come out with their promise to make this a true spiritual successor to Dead Space 1 and 2, uh, and something I'm very excited for. So, yeah, I can't wait to, to get more information and see more about this.
and the interest, and you know, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, you know, with them breaking away from EA, you're talking about the difference between the the cinematic trailer and the gameplay. Uh, hopefully, they learned EA's lesson in in Anthem, in the way that whole launch went with between cinematic gameplay and the actual gameplay. And the funny thing too is about Dead Space Three. I know that you could play it solo. I know that you could play it co-op, and I did not have a problem with the co-op uh, portion of the game. I actually liked it, considering how challenging the first two were, that if you get to a point where you're just literally throwing your hands in the air saying, I can't do this, to have somebody maybe come and watch your back or to help you along is definitely appealing, even though the gameplay does adjust if you have two players in the game. But what killed that game, I think, for me off the bat was the abundance of microtransactions. I still remember uh, just people saying, this is ridiculous. I don't, why should I have to pay to get a better gun? That will, you know, a lot of people felt it was a pay to win uh, situation, that it was overly challenging with the default game. And the only way to really have an advantage to win was to start shelling out money for all this equipment. And, you know, that's neither here nor there. But the fact is, I think we agree that the franchise still has some life in it, and it will be interesting to see how this plays out. We mentioned uh, briefly the Evil Dead game, and the way I see it is this is a lot like World War Z. It's being distributed by the same publisher in that it is a four-player uh, co-op game done from a third-person perspective rather than a first-person perspective. Instead of zombies, you're fighting the Deadites. Yes, one person will be playing the Ash character from uh, the Evil Dead film, the TV series. Obviously, I'm imagining there'll be a lot of intense negotiation and fighting when teams play, you know, team up as to who's going to get to play Ash and who isn't. So that looks really good. But a few others that I wanted to mention really quick that I saw, uh, they had the Arcade Stadium game trailer for those that like something retro. Ghost and Goblins Resurrection, Monster Hunter Rise, and of course there's Outriders. We got the Manfred, uh, Monster Trailer, that's coming. Um, we had Graven uh, that did a uh, nice little retro first-person gameplay. I have some up for the extended demo gameplay where I was doing really well until I got lost and can't figure out how to get out of this one area. But we also had some other things, like for example, Zombie Army 4 Dead War, released a brand new uh, campaign called Alpine Blitz, so something enjoyable for the holidays. And Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops Cold War, has their Season 1 update coming uh, this week. So you're going to have new maps, you're going to have new content, and more zombies to kill. So, you know, things are coming. And truthfully, it's coming at a good time, because traditionally, everything grinds to a halt um, as we get into the new year uh, for a couple weeks, as Michael will tell you, outside of the Consumer Electronics Show, we really don't have a lot going on in January, aside from the odd movie releases. Well, this year, we're not going to really have much in that regard to talk about. It's mostly going to be looking at streaming. It's going to be looking at, um, you know, the games. We expect new content to continue to be released, but um, interesting. It's, it's definitely an interesting time, and I hope... Um, I hope when these companies, a lot of the reps are already starting to go on their holiday hiatus, I hope when they come back, they come back strong with a lot of stuff. Because, you know, we mentioned uh, Back for Blood, that's due June 22nd of 2021. 
Um, you know, call me an optimist, but anyone else notice that's shortly after when E3 is supposed to be? So, yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, keep that in mind. A lot of these release dates, I notice that, are after. Uh, so, um, that's all I've got for right now, guys. Does anybody else have anything else that they wanted to uh, mention? I think I'm good. I've got nothing. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week, folks. You have a wonderful week ahead. Stay safe. Take care. And we'll talk to you next week.